Hey, what's up, guys? It's Coach Theo at the Christian Men's Health Show. You're tuning in to a live recording from yesterday's FMU church service. We're heading to the upper room, the Last Supper. Powerful story, and there's so many different things you can teach that happens in this story. But we're focusing on how Jesus disrupts his disciples. They're bantering back and forth. He's uh, about to enter the garden where he will be betrayed by Judas and he's got to teach him one more lesson he disrupts them by washing their feet but what does this mean well I want to talk about the ultimate act of forgiveness today I think someone needs to hear this because we're holding on to something in our heart and we need to release it so check it out keep following us at christianmenshealth.com fmufitness.com fmuchurch.com here we go good guys I'm super super excited to talk about this today and what I want to make sure we do is um, get to you. I want to, today is about a training sesh for you. And so I need people to make sure you remind me that. Well, first of all, I need you to think about something as I'm talking today. I need you to think if there's something in your heart that you're holding on to that you need to let go, that you need to release from. So just be thinking about that as we're talking today. Big message today from this is not just the amazing example of Jesus serving people by washing their feet, but it's actually something he said in that cartoon and he says in the story of, of, of you can't have a part with me unless I do this, meaning ultimately sacrificing himself to forgive us of our sins. And so I think the main message today is forgiveness needs to happen in here or he can't get in and do his job so that we can fully receive him, so that we can fully love like him, so that we can fully live the life that he wants us to have on this earth as it is in heaven. He says that you can have that life right now. And so I just want you to be thinking, is there something or someone that you need to forgive and let go? And now forgiveness is a big thing. So it could be you're offended. There's a root issue. Usually it's like the feeling of offense. It could be that um, there's just been trauma or abuse or tragic issues. It could be a relationship with somebody, but it could have been a situation or an event or a circumstance. And we just have to get a release. And I just want you to think about that today because I want to give you the opportunity once we go through this. We've got sheets of paper that we're going to pass out. And I want you to write that thing or that person or that something on that piece of paper. Then we're going to give you an opportunity to come up here because action is huge. Get uncomfortable, take steps, put it in this garbage because that's what it is in here. We got to get rid of it. It's garbage. It's sin. It's just, it needs to be released. And then we got this cool little activity that I've never done before, by the way. I've never done this science experiment, but you see these jars, you, sin, Jesus, and we'll show you what happens when we let him get in there. If it is blocked, if we are blocked, if we are we might think it's okay. We might think we can get by, but if we're blocked, he can't get in there. But I'll show you what does, and I'll show you how he cleans you. And if it doesn't work, I'll at least just explain it. <laughs> All right, let's do this, though. So you got your mind right, you got your heart right, you're thinking, and then I just got to remember to get those passed out to you. If I can get through some illustrations and some stories, then get to this big message. I think that's what we have to do today. So let's just give you some illustrations. First of all, in the fitness world, a lot of you do work out. And if you don't, let me explain this. If you ever have like a really tight muscle and you don't dig it out and you don't release it, it can cause some issues. 
And we got these things called lacrosse balls where we massage the muscles or we have foam rollers where we massage or you stretch and you release or you do therapy to get it released out. If you don't do that though, you think it's okay, I can get by, it's just a little bit of pain. But then what happens? You start to overcompensate, it leads to more issues. If you don't release it, you're just never gonna, uh, I guess, live out your full potential. You'll never be as strong as you could be. You'll never be as fast as you could be. You'll never get in shape like you want to. And so sometimes you think, I don't have to though, because I can get by. You could get by, you could, but you're never gonna reach your full potential. And what happens is if you don't go back to the basics and spend some time on releasing that, you never work it out, you never do the deep work that sometimes we don't want to do, then again, you, don't, you just don't get to get as strong as you could. It will lead to chronic issues and it will affect you either later on in life um, or it might even affect others because the pain is so bad. If you have gut issues, let's compare it to nutrition. How many of you know if you have gut issues and you have bad, uh, uh, whatever, bacteria, um, just you can't digest right, you don't produce the right enzymes, no matter what you do, you can eat great food, but you're not going to absorb the nutrients the same way. And you can eat the same thing that's healthy for someone else, but if you have issues in here and you don't fix it, if you don't clean it out, if you don't repair it, you're not going to receive those nutrients the same way. Just to get you thinking that it's the same thing with our heart issues. So if there is deep embedded heart issues, sometimes we think we did let it go. Or sometimes we think we did forgive somebody. Or sometimes we think it's just not that big of a deal. Men, we do this all the time. We're like, we, we got over it. We can do it. We can move on. But if we've never really spent the time to do the deep work that Jesus tells us to do with uh, confession, repentance, uh, releasing, and praying, then it's blocking us, whether we know it or not. And so that's what we want to get into today. I want to start with a story about one of my favorite cultures in the world, the Amish culture. <laughs> it's a serious story, though, but I love the Amish. I don't know if you remember this story. It was 2006. And I know there's kids in here, so I'll keep it very, you know, I'll get the point across without getting into super intense details. But it was like 2006, small town, Amish country outside of Lancaster, PA. Amish seclude themselves. They don't want to be like the rest of the world. They did that because when they were part of religion, it started to become too worldly and they saw what happened. They saw that people got distracted. They got caught up. They started forgetting how to live their life out for Jesus. And so they separated themselves because they didn't want to be like the rest of the world. That's why they look silly to us. They don't want to have the modern day conveniences of electricity, driving cars. But if you, st if, you, if you learn about them though, they will use that stuff when it comes to business. They're amazing business people, but in their daily walk, in their daily life with family, they just don't want that to be a distraction. So anyways, they seclude themselves. So in this small town outside of Lancaster, PA, it's quiet because they don't have a lot. It's a small schoolhouse. They're separated. There's about 32 kids in this schoolhouse. And on that day, someone from the outside community who they knew, he was a milk delivery guy, comes into their school and they're saying, hi, good to see you. But that day he was on a, a really bad mission. He brought guns with him. He told the boys to get out. He told the girls to line up against the wall. And then he started to try to take their life out one by one. 
And we know what happens because five of the ten girls survived. And they said, he said, I'm sorry, but I have to get revenge with God. When he had a baby girl, she died 20 minutes after she was born. And it was years ago, but he couldn't let it go. And he came in and he said, I'm so sorry, but I need to take the lives of Christian girls. And so he started shooting and thankfully the cops got in there and got five of them to live, but five died. Now, it's a terrible story. It rocked the world. But what really rocked the world was how the Amish responded. They forgave the murderer almost instantly. And they didn't just forgive. They didn't just say, we forgive you. What they did was actually that night brought meals to his wife, the murderer's wife. They brought meals to her. At his funeral, the murderer's funeral, there were more Amish people from those families than there were his family members and friends. They showed up. So their act of forgiveness was so powerful, the world couldn't understand it. The media was blown away. How could people forgive someone that just took the lives of their innocent children? I don't know if I could do it. If that happened, if someone took one of my, girl, one of my boys or girl, I, I don't know if I can do what they did. So it rocked the world. No one could understand it. If the Amish let media into their life, that story would have been even more popular. But they don't do that. They, didn't, they don't want attention. But it still got out, and it's so powerful because of the act of forgiveness. So what did they know? They knew that the forgiven forgive. They knew that Jesus forgave them, and that technically, even though his sin of taking the children's lives was so bad, they knew that we're all sinners. We're all imperfect, and we all need a Savior. And so they knew what Jesus did for them, and that's why they were able to forgive him. When we look at this story today of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, I know it's an awesome story about service to brothers and sisters. I know that. A lot of people will take that route. But what I want to get to is some of these one-liners in here that really relate to well, how do we ultimately forgive like Jesus did to his disciples? How do we release that in our hearts so we can do that? So let's go through the story. Let's set the context so you understand because the Last Supper is really, really powerful. He washes his disciples' feet in the Last Supper. Let me give you some bullet points. We talked about the Palm Sunday, the entry on a donkey to Jerusalem last week. That was on Sunday. The Last Supper happens on Thursday night. Now, there's some stuff that happens on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We might wrap that in here, but we're going right to Thursday, the Last Supper. And um, here's some key points we need to know. This is like the last time he's with his disciples. Really, to set an example, it's like the last training session he has with them all together. And you got to picture this, okay? Let me read this, summarize, and then let's pull some things out. So it was just before. This is John 13.1. All Gospels talk about the Last Supper. John's the only one that talks about him washing his disciples' feet. Uh, it was just before the Passover festival. Je Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress. See, he just told his disciples, go to the upper room. Find the upper room. He told them exactly where to go. Uh, probably a wealthy man's house, because if you had, had an upper room 
at that time, you were probably wealthy. So he said, go find this guy. Tell him we need the upper room. And they started preparing the Passover. Once again, just like when they went to go untie the donkey, they have no idea what they're doing. They're going to talk to a complete stranger, telling them they need an upper room to prepare this Passover meal. Um, And when they go to this upper room, they gather together, and uh, the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. He poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. All right, so picture this story. Jesus is in this upper room with his disciples. They're all sitting down at this low table because it was customary to sit down at a low table. You actually kind of laid down during that time. Like you laid on your side. It's customary to wash your disciples' feet. But the lowest of the low servant washes your feet. Not Jesus, not the Lord and Savior. So this is how he starts to disrupt them right away. It's like the gas attendant who cleans bathrooms. They're going to come in and wash your feet. Not the CEO of the entire company, right? So right away he starts to disrupt them. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not washing people's feet. I don't know if you guys like feet. But I don't like feet. My wife doesn't like my feet. My wife loves me so much, from head to ankles. She's not touching my feet. She's even got my daughter in on it already. The other day, she was like, honey, to my daughter, your feet are so cute. They're just like your dad's. Without hesitation, my seven-year-old was like, mom, what are you saying? They're white, pale, and ugly? She didn't even hesitate. So I don't like feet. I'm not washing people's feet. The reason why they had to do it was because feet were dirty. They were walking in mud. They were walking in horse manure. They were walking and, uh, you know, making a ton of tracks when they come into the house. So it's not just wash your hands, it's wash your feet. So it's customary. But again, Jesus isn't supposed to do this. So he disrupts them by starting to do it. Now, in this situation, what does he know? He knows that Judas is about to betray him. He calls him out. He says that he knows exactly what Judas is about to do. He knows that Peter is going to deny him and he will call him out and tell him what he's about to do. The disciples were just arguing about who is the greatest. So in the Gospel of Luke, they're having this argument. Well, who is the greatest among us? Is it you, James? Is it you, Peter? Is it you, John? Is it you, Bartholomew? They're having an argument. And so now he's like, wait, hold up. You want to talk about who's the greatest? Watch this. I'm the Lord and Savior. I'm going to act like the servant here because I came on this earth to serve, not to be served. I'm going to wash your feet and really shake you up. Just like you saw on there, Peter says, you can't wash my feet. And Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. This is really important. I want to pull that out. And then Peter says, well, fine then. Don't just wash my feet. Wash my hands and my head and my entire body. Get my armpits clean. Get my lower back clean. Get it all clean. And Jesus says, he says this. He says, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet because their whole body is clean. We're going to talk about that. It's important. And you are clean, though not every one of you is. And this is when he starts to call out Judas. If you keep going through, he'll say this to Judas. He'll say, Judas, whatever you're about to do, do it quickly. 
Now, a lot of people believe that G Judas was sitting at the left side of Jesus, and that meant that Judas was his guest of honor at that dinner, which blows me away. He knows what he's going to do. He puts the betrayer to the left of him as his guest of honor. And so he tells Judas, go do what you're about to do. Let's get this going. And Judas actually gets up and then leaves. He's like, okay, I already took the money from the religious leaders, and I'm going to go tell them now who you are, where you're at, so they can start to take you and crucify you. But Jesus knows this is supposed to happen, so he tells them, go do it quickly. So this Passover meal is at night on a Thursday night after sundown on purpose because they're going to sacrifice lambs, the blood of lambs, and Jesus is going to show them. And he says this later on when Judas leaves, like now the Son of God will be glorified. So now it's going to happen. He's going to tell them to come get me. And then that night they will go into the Garden of Gethsemane and then they will come to get Jesus and they know who he is because Judas already plotted with them. He'll kiss Jesus on the cheek and then they'll take Jesus and they'll start putting him through the trials so they can crucifix him, okay? So this is the Last Supper. I think we covered the context of what's going on. Let's dive into it and let's talk about how it applies to you. He says in here, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Meaning, you can't clean yourself, Peter. You can't do that. Only I can do that. He tells them, I'm doing this because you don't know what's happening now, but you will soon. When he gets crucified, when he resurrects himself, it's going to start to make sense. So he says, Peter, you can't do it on your own. I have to do it. Now he says, you don't have to wash your whole body. If you accept me, we talk about the exception, the salvation gospel. That means I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That means no one can ever take that away from you. It's done. It's already been done. That's the grace that Jesus gives us. So he says, if you've accepted that, you've been fully bathed. This is what that line means. So you don't have to keep washing your entire body. It's so cool how he's using this illustration. But he says you will need to keep washing your feet because that's the daily cleansing that we all need in our walk with Christ. So you accept Jesus. That's the full body bathe. You never have to do that again because that is the gift that he gave you. But you wash your feet daily because through our walk, what happens? Sin infiltrates our heart. The world can corrupt us. We make mistakes because we're human. We all do. But there's no mistake too big enough for Jesus. But our part is the daily act of confession, repentance, prayer, to get our heart clean so we can have a strong walk with Christ, so we can have the life that he provides for us, so that we can have that state of mind, that peace of heart, of contentment and joy through all circumstances, rejoice always, so we can have that life that he said when he raised Lazarus, you can have the resurrection right now, you can have that right now, but we have to do our part, we have to be obedient. That's what I always say, it's like the obedient gospel. We don't talk about it enough. It's like we want to save people, but then it's like, that's it. And then we kind of back off. But it's like, now you got to do your part. we got to challenge you to actually walk out and clean your feet daily. Now, he does show them that, hey, I did this for you so that you can then go do this for other people. In Luke, I want to read it really quick. He says, maybe it's Matthew. Maybe it's Mark. Well, let me just summarize it. He says, I'm your master. I wash your feet. 
Now, this is an example for you to go do the same thing for others. So he does tell them that. You do have to go serve others. But here's what I want to focus on. It's about service. It's about humility. But I really think that service part is about right here. The service of forgiving other people. Because what do we know? We're imperfect. So is every human being on this earth. And so let's talk about this process that we want to go through right now. Number one is the act of kind of recognizing our own flaws, right? So if we first want to be able to forgive others, what changes our posture is to stop in our tracks. We talked about stop, own, replace, stop in our tracks. Examine our hearts. Examine our hearts. Oh, there it is. You didn't tell me, girl. There it is on the screen. Um, examine our hearts. Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight, examine yourself before you eat that bread, before you drink that wine, because the Last Supper was about the first communion. He ended the Passover and was like, we're establishing the first communion. That's why we celebrate it. Uh, to take that bread, to take that wine, to remember Jesus as the uh, Savior. And, but examine yourselves. It's always the process of examining yourself daily, instantly. And we have to confess our sins so that he can forgive us. And this is that awareness and the recognition. Why? Because we all have pride. We all have issues. And if we can recognize that, just recognize it, it helps us forgive other people because we know that we're not perfect. And so we have to stop in our tracks and start the act of confession. It's not about guilty religion. It's not about feeling guilty. It's about freeing yourself. It's about being so thankful because Jesus did put himself on the cross and that blood that you'll see cleanses us. So the first step is we got to confess our sins. we got to bring it to the Lord that we're not perfect. And so what I want you guys to think about actually right now, let's do this right now while they're thinking. You want to help pass pieces of paper out and pens and, and anyone that's listening on the podcast, um, Grandma Didi, you want to help pass out paper and pens down the line? We are passing out paper and pens so people can start to think about what do they have to release in their heart? Because the first step is you got to do deep work if you want to start releasing tension so that Jesus can get in. And so the first step is we got to confess so we can start to recognize the speck in our own eye. Most of you know the scripture. You can't judge other people when you have specks and flaws in your own heart, in your own eyes. Check yourself first. Suck up your pride first. And so we want to just start thinking about, because it helps you back up and then recognize that you have to forgive because the forgiven are, the forgiven have to forgive. We've all been forgiven. Jesus forgave us for our flaws. So now we have to forgive these feelings of offense, these feelings of resentment, these feelings of animosity, the feelings of hurt. And so what I just want you to start thinking about is this. What's stuck in your heart that you need to release? What is stuck in your heart that you need to release? Who has done something to you that you need to forgive? Maybe it's a family member. And you know what? I'm going to need your help. Maybe it's a family member that did you wrong. Maybe it's someone abused you neglected you, stole from you, stabbed you in the back. Maybe it's a friend that just got so mean and talked about you and just left you. 
Maybe you struggle with road rage. <laughs> Maybe some of you are going to leave here, and as soon as someone cuts you off, you're just going to freak out. Nobody road rages in here. It's simple things, though. Maybe you think there is nothing, but it could be so simple. Because those are feelings of offense. It is selfishness. When we get like that, when we get like that, when we think, man, I can't believe my spouse said that to me, and we react out of resentment or anger, or your kids are frustrating you. I mean, it could be as simple as that. Like, oh, why do I keep responding with such frustration? I need to release that, Lord. Can I get that out of my heart? Some bad things have happened to some people, and maybe it is super, super bad. How do we get rid of that? How do we release it? And so just start thinking. Uh, There's a story in the Bible where Jesus stoops for people, and uh, there's a lady who commits adultery, and she's running away from people because they want to stone her. They want to throw stones at her. They want to take her life. And they're trying to put Jesus on the spot. And he kneels and he draws a line and he writes something. I can't remember what he writes, but he stands up and he's looking at all these religious leaders and these people that say they have faith. They're like, we need to kill her. She just committed adultery. She just committed sin. At that time, we stone you to death. And they're trying to catch him off guard because they think that he's going to follow the, the Jewish law. And he stands up and he throws them for a loop, just like he always does. And he looks at them. He says, okay, All you religious leaders that think you have it all together, the person that has never sinned before, you throw the first stone. And then one by one, they all start dropping the stones because they know they are flawed, they are imperfect, they have committed sin, they cannot throw stones. It puts us in a posture to start forgiving people, even that murderer who took the the lives of those innocent girls. I know some of us would never even think about that. It is demonic, it is evil, but because we're not perfect, we still forgive. Politics right now, hot, heavy. Some of it is so demonic. Doesn't mean we don't stand up. It doesn't mean we don't speak up. It doesn't mean we justify it. Let's make that clear. When we forgive, it's not justifying the person or the situation. It's not accepting that what they did was right. It's forgiving so that we can release and have the freedom to know that they don't have that power over us. So it's not weakness, We've got to make that clear. It is true strength. So right now, I know a lot of us don't agree with the climate and what's going on. It doesn't mean you can't have conversations. It's just that you do it in a way that you know, like, it's not going to offend you. You can't get me mad. I'm not going to get angry over that. I'm not going to be anxious over it. I'm not going to be thinking about it and be consumed by it. I'm going to speak truth, just like Jesus does to the disciples. I'm going to tell you, Judas, you are going to betray me. I love you. I put you at my left side. You're my guest of honor but you're going to betray me. I still forgive you. Peter, you're going to deny me. Peter says right after that dinner or during the dinner, he says, Lord, I will die for you. Jesus is like, you really think you're going to die for me? Before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. And Peter's like, no way. No way, Lord. And Jesus is like, watch. But I still forgive you. I still love you. I'm speaking the truth in love and I'm going to challenge you and you might get offended. But I still forgive you. And he actually tells Peter, he says, Peter, the devil's going to sift you out. So this is what he's saying. Like, you're going to deny me. The devil's going to break you down. I'm going to let him do it because then when that happens, you can fully accept me and receive me and start to live a life with strength from me. How many of us have to just finally get on our hands and knees and release it and say, Lord, I can't do it on my own. He's the only one that can cleanse us. So let's do this.
We release so we can restore our relationship, not just with people, because sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes you're never going to rekindle that relationship with a family member. Sometimes you're never going to be able to hang out with that friend again because they're way too toxic. You might be able to repair it, but the restoration is not just with people, it's with yourself and it's ultimately with Jesus so that what? We can receive him into our life, live in that peaceful state of mind and that loving, just awakened, just enthusiastic life, that freedom that he wants us to have so that what? We can serve him and serve people better. It's not about us, but it starts with us. So let's do this, guys. Can we pull this activity off? You got to help me. All right, here's what we got to do. And then I'm going to have you, actually, I'm going to have you actually start walking up and throwing that in the garbage. That sin that you need to release, that feeling of offense, that you need to release, that animosity, resentment. What else? If you guys have something else that you want to throw out there, you don't have to share what you wrote down. But what else do we have to release? Feelings of insecurity. Maybe somebody thinks that they have made too many mistakes in their life and that they are not good enough to receive Jesus into their heart. That's a lie. Maybe some of us think we are just too messed up. Our thoughts are just too messed up. There's no way we can release this to receive him. It's a lie. There's no mistake too big for Jesus. There's no mistake too big. So I don't know what it else. What else could it be? Anything else? Anger. Just anger. <laughs> anger. Worry, resentment is huge. Resentment is huge. Fear, oh yeah. How did I not think of that one? Fear. Control. Big one. Anybody in here a control freak? Type A personality. <laughs> she was honest, ladies and gentlemen. Anything else? Well, as you're coming up here, here's what we'll do. I'm going to have you start the process of walking up here, taking action, because some of you, you get in your comfort zone and you need to get out. Repentance, I got to say this, repentance is different than confession. Confession, It actually means turn away. So don't just confess your sin, but actually do something with it. Turn away from it. Walk away from that sin in the light of the Lord. So when you're walking up here, the action step is you're, get, you're not just confessing, but you're walking, you're getting rid of it, you're turning away from the sin. It's a constant process. It never stops. It's not just today. It's always daily. Stop, own, replace. Make all your thoughts captive. Make them obedient to Christ. Examine your hearts. And then here's what happens. As you're coming up, whoever leads it, leads it. You start putting those in the trash. That's going to be your sin that we pour in to you up here. All right? And then you're going to see how Jesus cleanses us, and only he can do it from all that sin. All right, so let's go ahead and start the process, and I'll keep talking while you guys come up here. For anybody that doesn't see this right now, people are coming up and they're throwing away their things that they need to release. No, I'm talking to the mic right now. And as they come up, I'm dumping a little bit of that sin. Okay, fine. I see what you're saying. And as they're coming up, we're talking about what we have to do for the next step. But you'll see this. Okay, so you guys are putting stuff in there. Let's just call that sin. I know it's like sometimes a word that like pushes you away, but we're not perfect, basically. And you have things in here that you hold on to. And that sin does what? 
Come on, please work, please work, please work. Yeah, you can see it. You can see it, right? What does the sin do? It makes you dirty, right? It makes you dirty. That sin takes over your heart. It prevents you from reaching your full potential. But what does Jesus do? He came in this world to what? Take all the sin for all of us. So if this is Jesus, let's see if this works. We pour the sin that he took from every single human being in this world. He took it. Let's see what happens. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It worked. Okay, so we pour that sin in there. Nothing affects him. He is clean. He cleanses it for us, right? He cleanses it for us. Now, when we let Jesus into our heart and we receive him and we confess and we repent and we do this daily cleansing, he should be able to clean this sin, right? Because he just took it from the world. So now we dump Jesus' water from this jar. I have to say it because I'm on a podcast, recording from the podcast. Let's see. Did I put enough root? Oh, here we go. Yes. He cleanses us. It worked. That was sweet. And you see how he changes. He releases that sin. He takes that dirt. He cleans our feet and releases us from that. You can see that water is now clear, right? Now, if that was capped and we can't let him in, we can't receive it. Even if it's that little bit of cap. I mean, we can receive him, but not fully, right? And then here's the final thing we have to do. So we confess that we get cleansed daily. How do we forgive and really release? We pray so hard. What does Matthew 5, say? Not just love your enemies, but bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them. And so here's a great process as you need to start taking action and releasing stuff and restoring your relationship, either with yourself, others, or most importantly, the Lord. You have to pray. First of all, ask for forgiveness for not forgiving others. You have to pray for that specifically. You then have to pray for the strength and the ability to forgive others. Because I know we're human and we don't want to do that. you got to pray for blessings on our enemies' lives. And then, most importantly, you pray that Jesus enters their heart. And so, we don't just confess and recognize our own flaws. We don't just repent and keep trying to cleanse ourselves so we can walk strong in the Lord. But then, if you want an action step, what you really do is you sit down and you pray and you start to change your heart towards others. So I'm sure that Amish community prayed for that murderer. They prayed for God to help them to forgive him. And it doesn't happen overnight. I've been in conversations with people who prayed for six months to a year to finally forgive someone before they can finally release it, right? Um, And I've been in situations where people have wronged me, and then my mentors tell me, you better pray for blessings on their life, and I wasn't ready to hear that. And it took a lot of deep work to get over myself and to be able to pray for blessings over their life. And so in current situations in your life, you have to take action to change your heart by stopping in your tracks, owning your thoughts, examining your heart, and then doing something with it. And one of the things you do is you just pray for the people that have offended you. You pray in that moment when people offend you. You might get caught off guard. Someone cuts you off. I don't know why I'm on this road rage thing, but some of you, I just, I feel like it's a struggle for so many people. Stop yourself in your tracks and pray. Because you don't know what they're going through. Pray that Jesus entered their their heart because maybe they did something nasty to you. You pray for them. Um, Political environment. I don't agree with so many politicians. I have to pray. 
I pray, I pray that nothing but good things happen to them because what? They are God's children too. And so even though I don't agree with them, man, I got to get my heart in the right place so that they cannot what? Take the power that Jesus gave me. That's all. And so I finish with that. Does that make sense? All right, and we're going to pray for that right now. So let us, let us finish together in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for bringing us together today. And I know we went through some illustrations about digging out pain and doing deep work and releasing stuff because if we don't, we can't be fully cleansed. And I know we talked about the Last Supper, and I know it's a powerful moment that so many people use to teach about the communion, but I just felt like we had to focus on not just the servanthood of God, I mean of Jesus and the of God in the flesh, Jesus uh, washing his disciples' feet, but it's an act of forgiveness. So when he gets down and he washes Peter's feet, even though he knows Peter is going to deny him, he's forgiven him right on the spot. And he's showing them that you have to go out there and do this for others too. And so I know it's a powerful story about serving, but it's forgiveness. And he forgives Judas. He tells him, I know you're going to betray me, but I still forgive you. I'm going to wash your feet. And so I just want us, whatever we just released right there, I just hope it is the start of releasing that so that we can fully love the people in our lives, that we can fully live in freedom that you promised us that we can have on earth as it is in heaven. We don't have to wait, but the process starts now. And so I pray for anyone that has done anybody in here wrong, for any trauma, anger, resentment, fear, hostility, insecurity, lack of confidence, weakness, I pray that that is released because we know it's the devil's lies and we know Jesus promised us so much more. We're committed to your instruction to love our enemies, to bless those who curse us, to do good to those who hate us, even when we don't want to, we choose it. It's a choice. We will not respond to the evil actions of others or their attempts to destroy us. We pray for them. We ask that the Holy Spirit infuse us with prayer daily, with life, not death, and to bless those who have wounded us, to reveal yourself to them in a greater way. We pray that you fill their life with your presence and lead, lead them to a greater intimacy. We know what life, many of us know what life is like without you. And so we pray for the lost to find you. And Lord, I pray for anyone in this room who has never fully accepted you into their life to take that step, whether they want to come up here or talk to a friend or another pastor to take that step and actually, they can do it right now in their own heart and just accept you as the, the Lord and Savior of their life and dedicate their life to you. We have baptisms coming up on Easter Sunday. I pray that there are people out there that find out, discover it, and want to announce it to the world that they dedicate their life to you. For anyone that has been lost and confused, we pray that you enter their heart. Guide us today, Lord, with the word that we heard today. Use us so that we can restore our relationship with you and become the person that you want us to be, not the world. We know that life is difficult. We accept it. We know that we may be persecuted. We accept that too. Give us the strength and the courage to keep fighting on for you. We know it's all possible in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.